Good morning and welcome. Good morning. Good morning, morning. yes. Uh, My name is David Greenhaw. I'm an ordained minister of the United Church of Christ, and I am serving as the interim senior minister here, and I want to be sure and welcome you all to worship this morning. Uh, And this is... Reverend Angela Wells Bean, and it's my privilege to serve here as your minister for congregational care. And I extend my greetings to you as well. Thank you for joining us in worship this morning, whether you're in person or online. And a special welcome to those who are worshiping with us this morning from Bentley Village. We are so glad to have you. And it turns out that after nearly two months here, I finally found where Bentley Village is. And we went and we visited several people at Bentley Village this week. And I have to say, it was so great to, uh, to connect and to visit. And we, uh, Angela and I went together and had a very nice visit. So thank you, Bentley Village, for welcoming us. We'll be back again soon. So. And if you're in the sanctuary, we'd like to ask you to register your attendance with us. You can find the blue attendance pads at the end of your pew, so please fill those out and pass them to your neighbor. And if you're online, um, please take this opportunity to write where you're worshiping from in the comments section so that we know how far and wide our virtual congregation is this morning. And you want to mention an addition to that. So uh, we've been trying to think of ways to... uh, uh, help include those who are watching and engaging remotely. So you'll find today on your, uh, on your site in the uh, comment section a uh, link. And if you'll push that link, you can bring the bulletin up. So you can follow along in the bulletin with us today. And we have one piece of programming that we want to remind you of coming up this week. It is this Friday at 2 p.m. And that is our caregivers support group. What's that? Caregivers support group. Yes. That's but right. I, I don't know about it. Tell me about it. It is, a, I think, a wonderful ministry in the life of our church. It is every other Friday at 2 p.m. right here on campus. Yeah. And it is for anybody who is a caretaker of a loved one. Oh. You know, I, I, I don't know the statistics, but I've seen them. And they indicate that one of the hardest things for people on their own health is when they're caring for someone who needs help. And... It's isolating. So I'm really glad that we do this. And uh, it's an opportunity for people to, I take it, to uh, get some support and a little respite uh, in their caregiving. Absolutely. Yes. And it is run by a church member, Joan Millen, who is an incredible facilitator of this group. And you're absolutely right. It's for folks who are caretakers of loved ones to have a safe and supportive space so that they can journey with one another on this unique calling in our lives. But it also offers very practical and tangible resources because several times a year they will bring in guest speakers who help assist with those who are caring for loved ones. So Fridays at 2 p.m. If you find yourself in such a spot or know of somebody, encourage them to take advantage of this ministry of our congregation. And now let us center our hearts and minds and prepare for worship. Come, you who have accepted God's word unquestioningly. Come, you who have bargained and negotiated with God. Come with your doubts, your questions, and your beliefs. Come, let us worship God together as we stand in body or spirit and join in singing our opening hymn. Join with me as we pray together the invocation. Gracious God, gentle in your power and strong in your tenderness, you brought us forth from the womb of your being 
and breathe life into us, the breath of life. May Jesus promise, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them, be fulfilled in us. Make us a joyful company of your people, so that the faithful in every place and time we may praise and honor you, God Most High. Amen. Let us pray together. O Holy God, we come to you in prayer this morning. We ask you to help us be mindful of all of your people who have struggles this week. We ask that you help us be mindful of all who are filled with joy this week. We come as a people, as a country, as a, as a culture who value give and take. We appreciate, oh God, the fresh perspectives of those who see the other side. But these are weird times for us. The give and take feels more like pushing and shoving. Perspectives seem more like battle lines. We pray that you can help us. You, we pray that you can help us by beginning just with us and giving us new ears to hear and new hearts to understand. We pray that you will help us all cool down, back off, take a breath. We pray that you might remind us that your way is one of peace, your future is one of love. We pray this day, as we do so many days, that however and wherever possible, you can make us instruments of your peace and agents of your love. We pray all these things hearing the prayer of Jesus that we know as the Lord's Prayer.
This morning's scripture reading comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 18. And as I said to the children, it's about a conversation between Abraham and God. So let us listen together to these holy words. Then the Lord said, How great is the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, and how very grave their sin! I must go down and see whether they have done all together according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not, I will know. So the men turned from there and went toward Sodom, while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not forgive it for the 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom 50 righteous in the city, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Well, Abraham answered, 
Let me take it upon myself to speak to the Lord. I who am but dust and ashes, suppose five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 there. And again, Abraham spoke to the Lord, suppose 40 are found there. The Lord answered, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. And then Abraham said, oh, do not let the Lord be angry if I speak. Suppose 30 are found there. The Lord answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, let me take it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose 20 are found there. The Lord answered, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then Abraham said, oh, do not let the Lord be angry if I speak just once more. Suppose 10 are found there. The Lord answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when the Lord had finished speaking to Abraham and Abraham returned to his place. May God bless our modern hearing of this sacred story. Angela did a great job reading that, didn't she? It was wonderful. Uh, I threw a challenge at her. Uh, I, I threw a challenge uh, about six weeks ago when I sent this scripture over to Dr. Becky to choose music for it. And she's been whining about it ever since. <laughs> it's an interesting text. Let, let's, see if we can, let's see if we can get our head around it. Did, did you ever see the television show Columbo? You remember Columbo is this detective. He's kind of disheveled. He, he has a little stub of a cigar and a wrinkled uh, trench coat, overcoat, always just a little out of kilter. And, and he, always, uh, he always kind of comes into a room to interview someone, and he, he apologizes, and he says, Oh, I, I'm, uh, my wife says I'm so forgetful. And he, he asks a question, and I, I hate to bother you, clearly you're busy. Uh, uh, thanks, that, that's what I needed. He thanks them for it. You, you remember this? What I always like is that when he does that, then he walks towards the door, and he gets to the door, and he stops, and he turns around and says, uh, uh, j- just one more thing. I, I, hate to, I really hate to bother you. That's Abraham. You get it? So Abraham is talking to God. They're having a conversation. What happened, of course, is that God has been hearing this outcry about these two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. Just a word about Sodom and Gomorrah. Everything you've ever heard about it, put out of your head. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, who knows what their sin was, except they were causing the people to cry. They were exercising injustice. And it's God's plan to find it out, investigate, and do something about it. And it occurred to me that, would you really want to wipe out the whole city if there were, what, 50 that were 
uh, righteous there? Would you, would you do them all in and kill those 50 as well? It, it hardly seems like the godly thing to do. But, but I'm sorry. And God replies and says, yeah, no, no, for 50 I won't do it. This is a lot like that, uh, that joke about three uh, people go into a bar, you know, a minister, a priest, and a rabbi. Except this one, there's about six of them because this back and forth goes on and on and on. You're, you're saying, let's get to the punchline, can't you? Because right after the 50, uh, Abraham says, well, starts to walk towards the door, you know, and gets over there with his little cigar and his wrinkled uh, coat and turns around and says... Uh, what if there were five less? And God's reply is, of course, for the 45, I would not destroy them. And so it goes all the way down till everybody is worn out with this back and forth. And so it's a successful negotiation, and we learn that God's righteousness, God's desire to be God and not vengeful. This, this God is not just going to wipe out people, but will look for the innocent one. We'll, we'll allow it to happen just as in our country. You know how it is in our country. We go out of our way and we risk letting a guilty one go free for fear that we might put an innocent person in jail. That, that's how God is in this. And it's a wonderful negotiation, a back and forth. And, and God commits to not do that, very successful. Well, that's it for, oh, I just have one more thing. <laughs> Let's turn the page, because it turns out there are two stories about Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis. There's this one, this successful negotiation, and then you turn the page and you say, oh, by the way, what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah? And in the next page, another story right there. Do you know what happens? God comes in and rains fire and brimstone all over the cities. Think of a nuclear disaster and burns them to the ground, completely wipes them out. What about the 45 or the 10? What happened? Why? On the one hand, we have God being God and forgiving and gracious. And on the other God being a very strict moralist, punishing all, enforcing the rules, law, and order. No wonder Becky didn't like this. So here's the deal. I don't know. I want to suggest, though, this, that the Bible is not this cute little structured narrative that runs straight through in chronological order. I want you to think of it more like a yearbook. Did you ever have a high school yearbook? You know, in a high school yearbook, you have, you have the, the song and dance people, the music people who put on the, the musical and the sports teams and, and the journalism club and the, and the chess club and all the different pictures are there. You have all the different groups that are there and it's, it's not a clear, simple narrative. It's a compilation of different understandings and approaches. The Bible is more like a yearbook than a rule book. It's, it's more like a compilation of the way that different groups go. It's actually a bit of an argument between two factions or more. One faction believes this firmly, that it is the purpose of God and the way of God to keep 
people acting correctly and well and failing so they will be punished. If you do badly, you get treated badly. If you do well, you, do, you get treated well. It's nice, neat, and orderly. And that's where chapter 19 is, not 18 we read today. That's the one where Sodom and Gomorrah are burned down because there's evil there. And then there's this other one where for the sake of even one, God's graciousness prevails. So which one's right? They're both in the book. They're both part of our yearbook, our story, our history, our life. I do not know. One day I need God to be strong and enforce the rules, no doubt. And another day I need God to be gracious. But it is interesting, is it not, that it's the story of Abraham that prevails. In the next story, in the Sodom and Gomorrah, it's not about Abraham, but at this one, it's about Abraham. And we are, we are the people of Abraham. We are the, the tribe of Abraham. We are heirs of Abraham. We are in the line of Abraham. Abraham, all the way through Jesus, through us, is God's presentation in this tension in our book that God is gracious, torn, goes out of God's way to save even one innocent one to forgive. It's not simple, but it's our tradition, complicated as it is. Amen. Sisters, Brothers, go forth this day in power and in peace. Go forth in the struggle with God about how it should be. Go forth in the presence of God about how it should be. Amen.